0: Hello everyone. Thanks for hopping on today with the community. So we have some team members here from YYC Growers. Uh, they're going to be giving a presentation and we'll be doing our interviews and everybody that's on feel free to ask questions. I'll be reading those as we go. Um, so I'll just go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the organization and your roles there.
1: Great. Well, yeah, my name is Louis Brown. Uh, I'm the general manager. It's kind of the easy outside uh, term for what I, what I do. We actually follow the the TEAL methodology in here, ways of working, so I don't really have titles, but easiest for everyone to understand if I say general manager. Um, and uh, yeah, Rod, I'll let you.
2: Yeah, and I'm Rod Olson. I am a farmer here in Calgary and one of the founding members of YWC Growers and my role is really to to focus on kind of connection to the community and regenerative egg uh, inspiration and and support for our farmers.
0: Cool. So
1: tell us a little bit about YYC Growers. Yeah, we'd love to. So YYC Growers is um, it's currently a farmer owned cooperative. Um, we. Gather and distribute produce directly to uh, consumers in the Calgary or customers in the Calgary area. Uh, we we draw on uh, around thirty different farms um, and uh, um, offer offer sales directly to to customers through uh, community pickups and home delivery options. Uh, and our main product is a year-round uh, harvest box, which is kind of a CSA-style um, combination of um, seasonal produce that's uh that's made available from a variety of diverse farms in the in the local region
0: that room that <clears throat> makes me think of like a genuine local style hello fresh
1: <laughs> yeah we, we like to think of ourselves as a very uh very transparent and very local um kind of walking the walk and talking the talk uh not just kind of window dressing i think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, local washing is the new green washing. <laughs> um, and uh, I think we're we really take it pretty seriously and uh, very transparent about who our farms are and and how we source and who we source from and our focus on on the growing practices of those farmers, and really, um you know i'll I look forward to talking about it in my presentation, but really trying to create a a genuine alternative for uh, customers uh, to the conventional food system that's better for their health and the environment and the local community and the local economy.
0: Absolutely. So being year round, I'm not very familiar with the weather in your geographic area. Are you guys able to farm year round or how do you supply all of that?
2: Yeah,
1: great question. It's a great question. <laughs> the first thing, that, it's the first thing. I mean, Calgary by November, we're under a foot of snow here and it's, it's, yeah.
0: you know,
1: it's cold all winter. So um, people are shocked to hear that we offer year round uh, Produce week in, week out, and and that comes from the diversity. Uh, <laughs> you've got working together there on our on our, on the screen there. But we, rather than being a single farm CSA, we're by being able to pull from so many other farms. We've got some incredible indoor growers, uh, mushrooms, um, green growers, uh, greenhouse people, uh, and then between the storage crops, uh, it's actually an incredibly diverse and bountiful uh, food that we, we can eat truly locally year round, even in this climate, which. Uh, even to me it was a shock when I when I first kind of came on this journey. Yeah, yeah I
0: that's think, very enlightening.
2: Yeah and part of part of the the solution for kind of the future of food is is that taking over you know a lot of office buildings have gone vacant during the pandemic and uh, so there's a lot of innovation here in Calgary around growing indoors under lights um, and so you completely reduce that transportation um, and get food grown in the in the community for the for the community and so that's one of the things that we're we're very much involved in
0: how long has it been going strong
1: yeah that's a great question for rod rod's actually one of the founders of the uh of the original organization which was a a society it's changed into a cooperative and we'll talk maybe we're going to
2: change again here but yeah rod you talk about some of the uh the founding yeah, so we we were uh, it was actually a group of small farmers right in the city of Calgary that were looking to kind of support each other and reduce some overhead costs, and so that was when the the the, the dream came together that we would work together and uh, uh, yeah try and expand what we were what we were doing in the community, and so that was I, I believe 2013. We really kind of got rolling in 2014. Um, one of our farmers from Dirt Boys, Dennis Scanlan. I uh, really took the, the bull by the horns, as it were, and and uh, really got the organization kind of uh, up and running. And then in 2017, we became a uh, a cooperative um, under the Cooperatives Act. And, uh, and so we've been been running in that way ever since.
0: Cool. Were you guys doing a lot of marketing in the beginning? Or how did you grow so fast? Was it just like word of mouth? Or everyone just heard about it and wanted to get in on it?
2: yeah it was definitely and i think even now our strongest uh supporters are our customers and uh, and so word of mouth has, has definitely been kind of the way that we have gone um i think you know the pandemic certainly helped um when when i don't know what it was like where you're from but uh we went to the grocery stores and we saw empty shelves uh, and just recognize that the, the industrial model is a little bit broken um, and we depend on certain things to be functioning in order for there to be food accessible to people. And so I think when people saw that, um, we never saw a disruption in, in our, our produce um, because it's it's like an hour and a half at the most away. And so th- that we can always take that trip. And so local fresh vegetables is always, is always available for people in, in our local community. So
0: you're
2: oh
1: I think I think to to jump on that I think that is one of the challenges we're seeing as we grow like we are actually having to look at marketing now and and it's exciting to actually um you know the business has changed dramatically in the last eighteen months and um you know we're really focusing now on we've done a lot of work in the background to give us the operational capacity to expand and and marketing is really the next big thing so it's it's great to be kind of out talking about it and taking it to the next step.
0: Okay. So, how big do you guys plan on growing? Do you have an idea? Are you just going to let it grow like wildfire?
1: I mean, I think I think we have huge visions for where it could get, go in terms of not just the Calgary-specific, um, you know, little business, but the the actual kind of creating a, a genuine alternative in the in the food system and being a, a legitimate part of the overall uh, food supply as a model. So I think, I think this could be a model and that's the way I'm looking at it certainly is how do we actually take the system and take it from a cottage industry to a, a legitimate part of the mainstream food system um, and I think that's the big opportunity.
0: Yeah I, that's an amazing idea. So in the beginning it sounded like your movement was about you know getting just local farmers together sharing overhead costs and then you talk about you know being more interested in the future of food and regenerative stuff and sustainability how has your guys's movement changed over time and what do you think that you'll see as you expand
1: yeah that's a great question i wonder rod why don't you talk about some of the early stuff and then i can talk about you know how things have changed in in the last 18 months
2: yeah I, i mean it's a great question Ciara, because uh I think a lot of us, um, we're drawn to, to, to growing our own food. And, uh, the story that I like to tell, uh, is that I, I grew, was growing kale in, in small plots. So I, I, I'm a spin farmer. You can take, take a look at that small plot intensive farming. So you take backyards in cities, turn those into, into farmland, uh, and then collect a bunch of those yards and and they give it to you for free in exchange, they get a, a few vegetables. But, but what I, Recognized is that I was growing kale in in this yard, and then you know just down the street, growing kale in an, in another yard, and uh, ha- had completely different responses um, to what was going on with the kale. And, and I think that this is this is this is an experience that's been happening across all, all of our farmers is is that we're going okay, well what's going on? And and that really led us into a deep dive into soil and and what's going on with the soil um, and recognizing that only healthy soil produces healthy plants uh, and healthy soil actually resists pests and disease. Um, healthy soil sequesters carbon. And, and so like that, I think once we all, like there was a, uh, a slow kind of learn on, on that idea, which uh, just began to snowball and, and we wanted to, to kind of have the healthiest uh, food available. And so, you know, a couple of us, we, we start talking about our vegetables as medicine. Um, and if you look at kind of the, the health, health environment right now, like a lot of doctors are prescribing vegetables for cancer patients and different things like that, because they recognize, uh, that's some of what they're, what we're all missing in our diets. Um, and so, and, and that, again, just comes back to this idea that the soil, we are the soil, we, you know, what we do to the soil, we do to ourselves and, uh, and so that's been a huge shift in our consciousness as farmers. Like in, in at the beginning, it was just growing some produce and selling produce, but now we really are building soil. Like and so a lot of us talk about the fact that we we are soil builders, and that's 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 kind of the primary. The vegetables are now like a byproduct of that process, um, and they're just a, a much more high quality byproduct of that of that process. And so, so yeah, so that. It definitely has changed. Um, we've we've recognized that our eaters are also super passionate about um, having clean food, local food, you know, food that's got zero chemicals and pesticides uh, attached to it um, because they're all recognizing, you know what, I've got to limit my own uh, chemical load on my body. That's, that's stressing my body and my health. Um, and so the best way that I can do that is to, is to kind of get food grown by people I know and, and can trust or build a relationship with. And so that's one of the things that we, we really want to broker is is connecting those that that kind of clientele with with our farmers who are like literally salt of the earth um heroes in my mind but yeah yeah that that went deep that was
1: (laughs) that was good i mean i think that that that's
0: in my soul rod i really did i'm serious (laughs) i'm serious i feel like the connections that you guys are making with the community and building relationships with these people, but. Over time, you're also learning about the planet and building a relationship with the earth as you go forward. And then these are things that you can share with other people and that might get them more interested in how to do things a little bit differently to just make one small sustainable difference over time. Um so seriously, that was an awesome. What were you gonna say, Luis?
1: Well, yeah, no, I mean I think I think you really tapped into it. And I think, you know, when we get to my presentation, I talk about. Connection is the is the way to the to to actually changing the food system. It's connecting people to their food and, and getting people to actually qu- ask the question. You know, even if the first step they take is go into a big box store and pick something up uh, off the produce aisle and say, where did this come from? That's just a little step, and it's a it's a gateway drug. I mean, I my personal journey is I came into YOC Growers as a customer, um, and not even a particularly engaged one at first. Um, you know, my, my personal background is is I'm a hunter and I'm really passionate about engaging in in like my my protein consumption and and the truly experiencing and taking accountability for that. And by being so involved in that aspect of of my food, I would just realized how disconnected um increasingly, you know, we would grow a little bit of our own veggies, but most of it was coming elsewhere. So we really reached out and found YWC growers. And then over the years, you know. It it is a bit of a gateway drug because it seems like a simple, easy thing. I'll get some local veggies and then you really dive into why is this better? And then as Rod went into understanding the the, uh, you know, the biology and the soil actually coming through in the flavor and the nutrient density of the food. And then, um, you know, you know, that just dives us deeper into the real hope for, you know, the future of humanity and regenerative agriculture is a genuine bright spot on the map of something that we can do and something that every single person can do three times a day. With very little effort, is just make a food choice that to uh, to choose food that you have a connection to, and that is grown in a way that um, you know makes a small a small solution rather than a small increase to the problems.
0: For sure. So just thinking about the beginning, you started out just you know saying, "heck, I'm going to grow some produce." Figured all this out about the soil on your journey, and I can't stop but think and you know these industrial farmers, and I don't want to put any negative energy out there on anybody's way of doing farming. Good for them. Everyone has their own tradition. But I want to know how you guys figure this out all so fast. And it seems like generations and generations of people have just been doing this mass farming where they're, are they ignoring, you think they're ignoring the fact of the soil playing such a huge role or they're just stuck in their traditional ways? Or what, what are your opinions on that? You're closer to the industry than I am. So maybe you can shed some light on it.
2: Yeah, I think that's a question for our regenerative farming expert, Rod. But yeah, you know, I can give, But yeah, Rod, you you give it. Yeah, but and 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 I appreciate you kind of backpedaling on the kind of the throwing shade at the at the the uh, conventional farmers. You know, so I grew up on a on a farm, and uh, in central Alberta, and and my dad, I mean, used the chemicals, used the you know tillage. Like it, it was just how it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were acting on advice and information that, that was the best that we had at that time and so you create these big systems um, and so what what i actually see is is like where we've been able to be so agile and, and responsive is that most of our farms are on the smaller side so like 120 acres is probably the biggest farm that we have um, and then when i was at the, my heyday i had one acre um, that i was growing vegetables and just very intensively rotating the crops and stuff, uh, and so so at that scale, you you have an ability to kind of respond much more quickly. And I think I've, I you know in in the conversations I've been around regenerative agriculture, um, that seems to be kind of consistent around the board. Is that if you are a smaller operation, you you can you, you've got that greater flexibility to implement some of these changes. Uh, and so I, I do think it is a st- it's a structure issue. Like um, when you when you're when you're farming 10,000 acres, 3,000 acres, uh, you've got a system in place. Um, and to kind of sh- alter that system, uh, it's it's a it's a massive learning curve. Um, and and if you're you're used to kind of generating a certain level of income, then you know I think there's a lot of fear that you know shifting that, those practices. Means you know you're not going to have the the income at the at the end of the day. So I think that's part of it. Um, and I think the other part is is that so much of our of our agriculture was built on egg systems that that did soil science um, where they where they baked the soil uh, in order to kind of study. So so all we all we really understood at that time was was the the physical component and the chemical component. And so that's why we have chemical agriculture, is what I like to call it. Um, and what they were missing is the the biological kind of element. And so like, and and, and I mean, it makes sense because there's there's so much going on. Like there's there's the number of a population of the planet in a teaspoon of healthy soil. And so you've got all that diversity and craziness. And so how do you how do you actually do good science when there's that much um, diversity happening? Uh, and so yeah, so a lot of that learning has just been like it's, it's it's exploding right now, and and so I think we are seeing the shift, uh, and we're seeing massive companies that are saying, you know, we're only going to do regeneratively grown products, like General Mills, and here in Canada we have a company called McCain's, and they do French fries, uh, and they're talking, you know, it's going to be regenerative potatoes, and uh, and so we're seeing in Pepsi, like there's just a lot of big companies that that are kind of jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, which makes us a little nervous because because of the the local washing greenwashing, but uh, but yeah. Th- so I think that's that's part of how we've been able to kind of adopt it quickly um, versus the
1: conventional system. And, and I think in terms of hope, and even using our little petri dish example here as as a way of looking at at things, is we've actually already seen that we can use some market power to influence that behavior. And and I really I really strongly reiterate again uh, Rod's comment, like I. We never want to be disparaging to conventional farmers. I think that they're doing what, um, you know, doing what they think is best. And, you know, my career has been in the kind of conventional big ag um, space. And I I think actually that they are doing things already moving in this direction. And And I think the more that the market can, Create space for that um, and create a demand for that. Um, let's make it a, a positive story with a carrot rather than a kind of uh, denigrating stick. So yeah, I think we're really we're really positive about creating space um, and a market for this type of um, system, and then um, you know really supporting it rather than kind of poo pooing the other direction.
0: Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. Being an Ohio girl, I'm surrounded by cornfields and soybeans and they're doing the old fashioned way here too. Um, And same way growing up, we had a farm and we tilled every year and it wasn't until I started working with the community, I'm like, no till practices? Oh my gosh, what were we doing? Um, (laughs) So you just learn as you go, but I really appreciate you guys' response. That was a great answer. And I have like a million more questions, but I don't want to spoil your presentation. So I'll let you get to that and then maybe get some audience questions going at the end and then the rest of my rambling.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Great. Yeah. So how does this uh, this work now? Are you going to share my screen. Great. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting that we talked about connection in the uh, in the little intro because, um, yeah, that was kind of. What I think is really the key to our to our model, um, and I think I really just built this presentation around like what is our model and why do we exist. And I think we can go a lot more into the regenerative stuff and see where the conversation goes. But yeah, the topic of my my presentation was very much just around like what is our system and why why are we doing it. So um, yeah, so I mean, just kind of quickly, what's wrong with the conventional supermarket food system? Um, we've scoured some research and found that in Canada. Farmers receive only 21.5% of the retail price of food for home consumption. Um, It's around 22% in the U.S. and that's gone down every year for, you know, it's trending down over the last 15 years. Um, 80% of fresh food in Canada is imported. Um, The transportation and storage are actually major components of the greenhouse gas emissions, regardless of how it was grown. Um, You know, in the grocery stores, food is graded really on appearance because it's the only thing that you can actually see from it. Um, You know, nutrient density, um, growing practices. These are all just uh, unseen, and it's very, it's very difficult. There's no transparency about the source or the chemical usage. If you if you pick up a, a a pepper in a store, you know at best you might see a country or a collection of countries of origin that it might be from, uh, and that's about it. So um, there are some definite challenges there from economic, um, environmental, uh, and just kind of empowering to the the customers. Um, what about farmers' markets? We kind of see this a lot as like well farmers' markets are an alternative, but um, you know we view that they 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 are great in that customers can interact directly with farmers, but there's definitely some drawbacks as well I mean there's a huge time commitment for the farmers you know they have to be going off spending time sitting at markets rather than actually farming. Um, the costs are huge. I mean everyone is paying to be there. Uh, all of the risk is on the farmer uh, you have to bring you have to package up and bring your your products. Um, you know there can be a huge amount of wastage and and when we actually look at farmers costs a huge percentage of that is harvesting washing washing, packaging and transporting and if you have to do all of that uh, in the hope that you might make a sale um, you know that puts a lot of a lot of risk on the farmers Um, it's not necessarily convenient for for customers I mean people like going um, for like a weekend experience but it's not necessarily in all neighborhoods you know on a regular basis for kind of um, regular purchasing and it's it's hard to scale. I think um, you know farmers are competing against each other in in small concentrated spots and it, it's not really a kind of um, a scalable model. So what are we doing uh, that's that's different? Um, I put up our purpose statement here because I think it it helps really clarify what are the what are the things that we're trying to do in the world and why do we exist. So uh, why we see growers' purpose is to connect farmers with eaters by gathering and distributing nutrient dense food through a system that generates our environment and community and supports the local economy. How do we do that? Um, at the basis of our, of our model is that we have an online sales platform to for, uh, for direct consumer sales. Uh, we offer year-round subscriptions to a harvest box, which is um, a $30 value uh, box that's filled with a variety of seasonal vegetables that changes every week. And we introduce people to all kind of uh, new produce they might not be aware of and gives them a lot of diversity. And then we also run a, basically an online farmer's market on our store that that integrates into our distribution um, setup. Uh, we source our produce from about 35 different uh, local farms. There's the 15 member members of the cooperative, and then there's around 20 or so other farms that we, um, you know, approve and support their, their growing practices and uh, bring them in at different times of year. Maybe they're, they're specialty farmers or they can help supplement different products. We really focus on transparency and on regenerative um, farming. So we've talked about that quite a bit, I think, in the in the lead-in. But that's really what we're we're trying to achieve in the world. Um, and then and then we have a pretty big network of um, pickup locations. So customers order on our platform, and then there's pickup locations in their community throughout the city. And then we also give them the option of, option of home delivery. Um, and and more than just being kind of a retail store we really focus on experiences education and creating those connections between farmers and eaters we have bi-weekly informational webinar type of sessions with our farmers Uh, we we host farm tours when COVID doesn't shut us down (laughs) Um, we have scheduled education sessions we have transparency every item that you purchase or you get in your harvest box if you're a subscriber is fully uh, attributed to who grow it. Uh, and we have as much information as we can possibly provide on how they grow it, who they are, what their family is. You know, there's a true uh, actual connection. And we invite people to know their farmers by name, uh, not just kind of by region or by growing growing type. And people, you know, talk about specific farmers. Um, you know, I like Shirley's tomatoes and I like John's carrots, um, which, is, which is quite cool in a system of this scale. Um, we're hyper-local. All our vegetables are from a, within a 200-kilometer radius, and more than half are from within a 100-kilometer radius. Uh, we do source fruit from a single source in in British Columbia, um, because that's really the closest, uh, you know, really good fruit we can get here in in Alberta. And then um, our structure is currently as a farmer-owned co-op. Um, so our scale, um, we delivered uh, 28 and a half thousand harvest boxes in 2020, which we figured it was well over £100,000 of, of local produce. Um, and then, you know, I compared that 20, 21% is the conventional grocery store return to the farmers. Um, you know, around uh, 67% of those sales prices going back to the, the farmers in our case. So we really put a premium on paying the farmers um, as much as we possibly can um, to keep this operation running and, and give them a, a fair return on that. And now we're operating on 20 pickup locations throughout the city. Quite a lot. So who are these farmers that we talk of? Um, one of our real strengths, and I think as Rod talked about in the growth of the organization, has been the increasing diversity of the farmers, which has given us resilience and that ability to continue to provide food right through the winter. Um, and so there's, there's urban farmers, the small plot intensive farmers, and, and several of our uh, farms that produce impressive Frankly, quantities of produce right inside the city limits in in backyards and and vacant lots. Um, there's a few of those which just great. Conventional, you know, bigger rural farmers that have, are able to produce in bigger volumes. And then we have a number of indoor growers um, using hydroponic and aquaponic systems, uh, greenhouses. And we're increasingly partnering with people doing um, regenerative livestock, whether that's um, you know intensively managed cattle or pasture raised uh, pork or um, pasture raised chickens and things like that. So. Um, that's kind of where we're getting our food from. So, what really are the benefits of this system, and and what are we seeing as the impact? So, it's really that connection piece that we talked about. It we keep coming back to, but it's connection between urban and rural farmers, between the the farmers directly and the eaters, and the and giving the eaters that power of saying, um, you know, I can understand the impact of my food choices. Uh, and then by making by operating the system, we've got environmental benefits, around supporting regenerative practices, uh, reducing emissions in storage um, and transport, and, and it really eliminates food wastage. For For the volumes that we're doing, we, we probably have, like, less than a single rubber made of um, compost each week, and that's because of the way that we, we – everything is pre-ordered uh, for kind of just-in-time delivery, so it saves the farmers on costs on harvesting and transporting uh, very minimal wastage in our system um, so that Great environmental benefit. Um, you know, the community I think comes back to the the connection that we talked about. Um, we we have a opportunity for people to volunteer at those pickup locations and feel like they're really part of part of the system. Um, we support other small businesses by bringing sending our customers there and promoting them through our channels. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, people really get to know their farmers and who grew their food and have that personal connection, which ultimately just increases the value that people place on their food. Um, and then, you know, all of this education that we're trying to do, I think, really builds a community around engaged uh, customers and, and people engaged in what their consumption means. Uh, and then, with the with the local economy, and again, this is not a kind of tribalist, go Calgary thing. This this is for any local economy by by bringing this this kind of circular system into place. You know, we looked through our uh, expenses last year, and everything that came in and everything that came out. More than ninety percent of all of our costs and expenses stayed within uh, mostly small businesses in our local economy, including our farmers and staff and other vendors that we use. Um, and then, you know, there's varying numbers that are thrown out there on in the research, but there's certainly some kind of local multiplier effect on that on that dollar. Um, and then, you know, in terms of actually supporting other businesses. Part of the goal of YWC Growers system is that it reduces the barrier to entry for small farmers and pays them really well for their produce. So that actually makes small scale farming a legitimate life choice uh, for people that wouldn't necessarily be able to set up a whole distribution and sales system in addition to learning how to farm. And, you know, there's huge barriers to that. Um, we did get some recognition recently, which was really exciting. Um, there was uh, the Emerald Awards, uh, our environmental sector uh, organisation who have really recognised us and, uh, and we won the award for business uh, this year for, for what we're doing, so that was really very exciting. Uh, we also haven't really um, t- touched on it yet, but we're really um, focused on the way we work uh, in our staff and, and our team and the way we structure that as well, and it's through this distributed leadership model um that that gives people independence responsibility very radical feedback uh, and everyone is empowered to make decisions so it's it's a very scalable organization because there's no bottlenecks so we try very much to minimize bottlenecks through through kind of top down management uh, and it 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 actually actually replicates a natural system much more which ultimately is what we're trying to connect people to is is a natural system where people have their niche and they can find their strengths and um, have the the freedom to move in that system. So we're really excited about the way we're we're working in that um, in that manner, and we're learning a lot about that. We're certainly not necessarily the the leading voices on this, but the more we learn about it, the more it resonates, and we're having great success uh, with our with our team in in this way. So. Um, but there definitely are challenges. Um, and I think this is, you know, with any new system, you're kind of trying to, trying to break ground or do something differently. Um, you know, we face tight margins because we really put a premium on boosting up our farmers, not beating them down with our scale. Uh, so we're wanting to pay, pay farmers as, as handsomely as we can for their produce, but we are limited on retail um, prices because of competition. Um, you know, there's, a, there's an effort to try and educate people and bring them around to understanding this is an alternative to the mainstream um, system. Um, our technology is actually quite the, the demands on our technology are quite complex and there are some out-of-the-box solutions that are more tailored to individual CSAs or there are some very expensive options so we've, we're actually in the process of trying to develop our own um, or tailor our own system but it, it, there's definitely a challenging thing to do um, you know we have we have seen this kind of push back a little bit on on the price of local food and uh, I think people are conditioned to having food that has externalised all of the social and environmental costs and uh, imported those. So um, that can be a conversation to actually get people around to understand what it means to pay a farmer a fair wage and actually get them, uh, you know, truly local food. So there, there's kind of a, there's a bit of a headwind from a perception. And then, um, actually, you know, even though we have commenced and carried forward at this point as a farmer owned cooperative, Um, which has been fantastic for the early growth of the organization. In the last 18 months or so, we've transitioned to being completely, I would say, staff-led, and we're finding there are some limitations on the cooperative model uh, in terms of being able to be flexible to include our other stakeholders, such as our staff and and customers, but also uh, bringing in uh, purpose-aligned investors. Um, So yeah, those are some of the kind of challenges we're, we're facing. So where do we go from here? Um, you know, our, our real focus is, is scaling our operations locally. Um, you know, I think we really want to prove that this model can work and can be a legitimate part of a food system. Uh, we just want to continue focusing on the soil. I think if we're continuing to, to enhance and improve that and the more we can measure and, um, you know, get protocols around that from a greenhouse gas perspective um, and, you know, biology levels and carbon levels in the soil, I think measuring that's going to be key. Uh, we really want to continue, as we mentioned, uh, reducing the barriers to entry for new farmers, um, creating this market demand for regenerative produce. I'm a, I'm personally a really strong believer in, in market-based solutions, and for something to be sustainable in the long term economically, it really has to stand on its own to feed and, and I think really support the farmers um, by saying, hey, we've got this great market. If you change your practices a little way, you can, you can dovetail right in here, and we'll, we'll um, push your food out into the world. So. I think we're really excited about that and then the flip side of that of course is empowering and educating customers on the choices that they can make that that can truly make a difference um, in all of those environmental and economic um ways and then i think in the long in the long game uh there's an opportunity to replicate this in other regions so if we can show that this works let's draw on this community you know this being invited here with the with the EAP community is great, just to, to kind of be exposed to people who, who might uh, resonate with this vision and uh, working together with other people who are doing this. So I'm very excited to eventually see where this might work elsewhere. Um, yeah, and then maybe this is too much detail, but we're looking at kind of creating a, a company of the future, I guess. So we're looking at actually changing from that cooperative, the farmer owned cooperative, to um, a structure and we're looking at a few different options here, but um, these are kind of the outcomes we're we're guiding towards. So we want it to be, you know, fairly include all of the multiple stakeholders in the ownership and governance. We want it to be purpose driven. So it can't be diluted by, you know, shareholder primacy um, and to really have some accountability towards the profits being directed to the purpose. Um, We really want it to be much more open. That's a limitation of the, of the co-op is it's not really, nimble to include new producers uh, and potentially other local hubs um, and really be an easy vehicle to attract purpose aligned investors and then you know ultimately it's um it's being that pipeline to connect to those growers and and support the growers and then connect them to the market opportunity so um that's where we're going with that so yeah so that that's a, a quick snapshot on uh how our system works and maybe sierra i'll um Hand it, hand it back over to you at that point.
0: Great presentation. I feel like I have a really well rounded understanding of your guys' organization as a whole. Um, just, I love your model. You guys have such a great energy. I love how you're just encouraging everybody and empowering everyone to make small changes. Um, tell me, you mentioned something earlier in the beginning of your presentation about nutrient dense foods. So that got me wondering do you think that there's a difference in the the nutrients and the foods versus like the big box store suppliers and then locally grown farmers. Because I know for myself, for so long, I thought, you know, just grabbing something from the produce aisle at a big well-named distributor, that was a healthy food option. Um, but if you guys can, you know, shine some more light on that, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, there there absolutely is a difference. And I think uh, Rod is primed up and <laughs> well versed <laughs> in this. You can see him leaning forward in his speech <laughs> to, uh... <laughs> throw some throw some data at you here
2: yeah. yeah it uh i mean so we've been following a little bit uh, the bionutrient food association um which i know that's where i met mark shepherd um who i think is known to you all um and uh and that yeah so they're they're developing uh, what they're calling the bionutrient food meter um and in the trials they've already recognized you know the difference between one carrot um and they were—I think—they were measuring carotene. Um, so the amount of carotene in one carrot was equal to the amount of carotene in two hundred carrots. So just on that one kind of element itself, like you—you you personally would have to eat two hundred carrots to get the level of carotene that this one carrot was 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 growing. So, so I think we're—and that's why I was saying like we're only just kind of getting started on really understanding kind of where nutrition comes from.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and and the other part is is like when you when you buy it from the the big box store, um, and you bite a carrot and you're like, oh, that's kind of bitter, and and uh, I don't know if you have a an embodied memory of eating carrots from grandma's farm or whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, but
2: but that <laughs> that's flavor, a huge
0: difference in taste, yeah.
2: Right, right, and 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 so what we've what we've learned is actually our our taste buds are not are not dumb, they actually know what nutrition is, and it's called flavor. And so, if it tastes good, you know it's got more nutrition in it.
0: I'm mind blown. Science is so cool.
2: <laughs> is cool. It uh, is. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I think we've seen the uh, the studies showing the the level of the correlation between soil biology uh, and nutrient density is is mind blowing. Yeah, they're just totally paired.
0: And there's probably so many people who have no idea, just like I didn't for a really long time. Um, so you mentioned something about your harvest and your schedule and not having very much waste. So do you guys actually make your schedule around yielding your crops at harvest? Is that how it works?
1: So, so yeah, I can talk about our schedule because we we operate every single week year round. So we have a Friday Friday cutoff for customers to change or amend their orders. Most of our customers are actually on a subscription. So they just know they're gonna get a box each week. And mm-hmm. then as soon as they and then they also go on and shop on the store and add all these other, Great things they want to they want to have at their community pickup location for the following week, and then as soon as uh, we have those orders on a Friday, we then go out and place the orders directly with the farmers, and then the farmers have the weekend and Monday to harvest and they bring it into us on Tuesday, and then it goes out to our customers Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and a couple on Saturday. So there's a very short turnaround, and the farmers are all harvesting to order. There's no kind of picking things up just on speculation.
0: Sounds like a great system. Mark, can you check out maybe their Instagram or one of their web pages? Do you guys have any pictures of your packaging that we could show? Um, um, and if you guys could talk about your packaging and how you came up with that and your decision making on the name as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the name YYC is actually uh, Calgary's airport code. So, I saw uh,
0: that when I Googled it. I'm like, is this the wrong thing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Rod can probably talk more about that because uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually fairly new in the business, less than two years. So um, you know, Rod's one
2: of the original gangsters who set set it set it up in the beginning. <laughs> well, and I don't know that I was involved in uh, in the in the well, no, I was involved in the naming, That's right. We called it Metro Growers at the beginning because it was all just people in the city. But yeah, so why was he Growers? Um, we wanted to kind of flag the fact that it's it's local. And so we are a Calgary based company. Um, and then it, you know, it, what's, what's kind of morphed now is that, you know, we have kind of three pillars. We're local. Um, it's about communities. So why, why, why was he, um, it, and it's about the growers. Uh, and so that's our farmers and then it's the distribution, which is the staff that have kind of taken on and, and are really kind of pulling it all together. And so, so we have that, the community, the farmer, and, uh, the staff that, uh, that are kind of pointed to in our our name.
0: That's cool. Is that something from you guys that's there on the screen?
2: Yeah, that's our Instagram. Yeah, I think Mark
1: is scrolling through that. So yeah, we also work with a number of um, on on our kind of online store. We're we're, um, bringing in a lot of local artisans or chefs that uh, really aligned with that kind of sense of community. So supporting, um, you know, smaller, smaller businesses that are Calgary based um, that, that kind of align with our values and giving those, giving just feeding them through our distribution system, uh, which has been really successful because people, people love to be able to support those things. And they're not always easy for those producers to get into a big box store right away or, you know, retail shelf space, that sort of thing. So um it's, it's great to have that kind of um, local feel for products more than just our our vegetables.
0: Yeah, I would even love to maybe network with um, some of your farmers and just learn a little bit about their piece of the puzzle and what they're contributing to the big picture. That might be interesting too. Um, for sure. Okay. So this is for both of you. Obviously you have very different roles, so I'll need individual answers. Um, but what a <laughs> day in your life at the job look like? <laughs>
1: Um, well, uh, yeah, it, it varies hectic. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, I can tell you that, um, 12 months ago, a day in my life was, uh, everything from running around the warehouse, packing produce and trying to frantically get things onto our, onto our truck to then sitting back and building financial models and trying to sort out our accounting. But fortunately, those days are a little bit. Uh, more behind us and I'm, I'm able to be a little more strategic now so we have a staff of around eight now um, okay. and so my role in in lead link uh, as we call it within the the teal uh, operating system that I talked about is very much to support the rest of the team to um, you know achieve that purpose and make sure that everyone's aligned on that purpose um, so typical day is yeah it feels like a lot of meetings a lot of um Conversations with farmers about sourcing new supply. You know, um, working on um, education events or engagement events, looking for opportunities to to create more experiences. Thinking about our marketing. Um, every day, there's an issue that comes up with um, you know the actual logistics of of distribution. Whether that's particularly in COVID, um, you know, a restaurant that we distribute through as a pickup point gets shut down. You know, all the restaurants have to close because of COVID, or um, you know, a market that we had, a location we had got closed down and we're needing to find something else. So there's a lot of kind of just troubleshooting, it seems like, to run the system because it is very complex. Like we're taking a very perishable product and uh, we're pulling it from 35 different sources, reorganizing it and rerouting it out into 20 different other location, other Mm -hmm. points plus home delivery routes uh, and trying not to let anything slip through the cracks in the process. Uh, and then trying to work on the business model at the same time. So, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of high level down to the nitty gritty and back up again is my.
0: <laughs> yeah, so wrong. is it your passion that keeps you grounded or how do you not get overwhelmed by all of this?
1: Well, I'll go on the record and say that uh, I don't always succeed in not getting overwhelmed <laughs> by all of this. It has well, been you're putting I'm on
0: a pretty good act right now, then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It can be overwhelming. But no, I think it is the passion, honestly. It's yeah. uh it's something I so truly believe in. And I think it's something that has is such a positive change that can impact so many people and it's something that is not political, you know. You can come from we have people who are, you know, vast opposite ends of the political spectrum, economic spectrum. It's something that everyone can agree on that you eat three meals a day, if you change the way you think about that, that food. Um, you know, we can all agree on these incredible environmental, economic, social um, benefits that come with that. Uh, and, and for me, this is just, it's a real burning passion around how do we, how do we exist on the planet in a way that is, that is engaged and, you know, being a small part of the solution rather than a continuing part of the problem. So uh, I'm yeah, really, really passionate about that. And I think to your point, that's what that's what keeps me grinding it out.
0: <laughs> I feel like this is a thing that I never knew that I needed, and now that I'm sad that I'm not a local because I want to be a part of this, <laughs> um, and I really <laughs> wish that there was something in my area, and I hope that there's something that we all can do to work together to try to push towards that movement. So maybe there will be at one point um, because I love this idea. So let's well, hear. I'd
1: love to. Uh- create a system that we could replicate in your area too so
0: yeah please please do that <laughs> what about you gonna... what is your day-to-day like
2: yeah so I uh was doing the job that that is doing and and uh we've transitioned and so I've actually kind of taken a bit of a back seat um while I dedicate most of my time um, to farmers and and scientists, local scientists here in Calgary. Um, so we're really trying to develop a, like we we did some baseline soil data metrics this year. Uh, and so we're, we're wanting to just give people that, that deep sense of assurance that what we're doing, like we're not, we're not, we're not greenwashing. We can show you the data. Uh, we can introduce you to the farms, the farmers and, and get their practices. And so, so is I've that been something that you've
0: encountered, like people doubting your guys' authenticity along the way?
2: Well, I think, I mean, when you're in it, um, no. So people that are that are kind of customers, they 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 believe it and they know it because they can taste it.
0: And that's why uh, they're there, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, but but in order to try and convince, because we we've got more capacity, and so we we need more people involved. And so this is one of the ways that we're trying to think about. Addressing some people that are may have maybe a little bit more resistance, um, and are just jaded because we're all a little jaded. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's part of it. And then I I also work on a on a uh, a community farming project uh, that combines our indigenous community and newcomers. Uh, and so one of the one of the values that we have with YRC growers is is trying to onboard new farmers and uh, recognizing that not a lot of Canadians want to do that job. But there are a lot of newcomers that come to Canada that have agricultural backgrounds but you know definitely don't have access to to market and so YRC Growers has partnered a little bit with with this it's called the Land of Dreams um, project and uh, and so we're not quite at the point where we're producing food enough to sell uh, but YRC Growers is sitting here waiting for them, um, once that happens. So I'm doing a lot of kind of community building and soil, you know, getting a farm basically established, uh, along with the help of newcomers and and the indigenous to to kind of make that happen. So there's some of the things that I that I do, and then a lot of um, interactions um, with the community. Um, so different talks. Um, I was just recording some videos for a school uh, that wanted to to know kind of. A little bit of what we're doing and and so i'm sending those off to them so yeah anytime that we have a community engagement opportunity kind of rock paper scissors between louie and i um do do they need more of a business clear um presentation or or can my uh farmer flighty passionate crazy self be be the one that that delivers the presentation so
0: you guys are the perfect team, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, you are The perfect team. Thank you for recognizing that. I'm loving doing this with Louie.
0: <laughs> yes, Louie. So in your presentation, you had mentioned some of the education events and Rod, you're talking about some of the community outreach events. Um, do You guys want to talk about those a little bit and maybe you can talk about some events, a specific one that you had done and what you enjoyed and kind of what fulfilled you from that.
1: Yeah. I'll maybe give a (laughs) thought to Rod's side of it as well. But, um,
0: yeah, we,
1: we, um, yes, we currently we're doing a bi-weekly, um, session that's called meet the farmer and it's a facilitated session. Rod's hosting these and people can come on and have a zoom meeting with one of our local farmers. And, And we've been doing these all through COVID and the summer and really trying to, uh, engage people on a variety of topics to, to, you know, dive into some of these things we've talked about today, whether it's, you know, the benefits of rotational grazing on cattle or the importance of soil microbiology or saving seeds. Um, you know, there's, there's been all, all kinds of different, you know, how to grow your own food. Um, so, so we're really trying to engage people uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, we have some really exciting events actually coming up that I'd love to plug a little bit, we, uh, again, you know, we're, we're so kind of deeply supported by the community. We're actually reaching out to the community for a, a crowdfunding uh, campaign to help us fund. We had to do some operational upgrades. So we're really um, hoping that community will support us on that. And, and to, to reward them, we're building some incredible uh, events. Um, uh, there's a, we're going to do a, a bike tour of the urban farms that we have around Calgary, uh, and, and tour people through and talk about and stop at some of the different farms and then stop at some of our, our friends in the like coffee and brewery type of space. Um, and so that, that's gonna be really exciting to actually show people hands on the ground, like here we can just ride around the city and show you where your food is growing. Um, and then we're gonna do some, some rural farm tours. We go out and actually look at some of the bigger farms that are doing incredible work on um, capturing carbon in the soil and um, really you know, building soil biology. Uh, and then, and then the most, or not the most, another really exciting one uh, is we're going to have a, a bunch of well-known local chefs actually come in and host a really unique uh, culinary experience in our warehouse using our local produce and kind of giving their um, fine dining angle on how they see the beauty in the produce and engaging the people in that. So, yeah, those are some examples of some some of the type of experiences that we we get a kick out of uh, bringing our customers into to like partner with us
0: yeah you guys have some great ideas like I just wish I was there I'm definitely gonna convince this place
1: oh <laughs> yeah, so, yeah you're welcome anytime
0: so I'm gonna check and see if we have any questions from the audience uh, not yet okay so audience we have ten minutes left if you want to drop any questions and get some answers before we end it for the evening um, In the meantime, I'll keep asking my questions, unless you guys have anything that you want to cover that you're super excited about. Um, Congratulations on your award, by the way. Wanted to mention that.
1: Thank you very much. We'll have to let you know that they actually filmed a documentary just this last week. So when that comes out in January, we'll uh, make sure we share that back with you as well.
0: Yeah, do that. I'm sure that our audience would love to see it. So we'll pass that along. Um, so, what do you guys think has been the most important thing that you've learned from the beginning to where you are now with this journey?
1: Yeah, Rod, why don't you give the the, the early learnings?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, I mean, well, yeah, like there's <laughs> so many learnings. Um, where do I even go? I mean, one of the things that 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 popped into my head right away was, uh, you know, the the we were very heavy farmer. Run organization right in the beginning. Um, and we all have our own farming companies. Uh, and so then we were basically trying to do two companies at the same time. I, and that and that became very very hard to manage. Uh, and so I'm you know I think that that learning learning to give the farmers the freedom and space to actually do what they're good at, uh, which is growing this beautiful nutrient dense food um it really has shifted and morphed to become a real mission of YWC growers. Um, and so that, that's been a huge learning that it it was it was really exhausting. Um, I mean exciting as we're all just kind of there rolling up our sleeves. Um, yeah one of the things I would often say is that counting vegetables is is a lot harder than you think. Um, you know, putting from one into this bag, one into this bag, one into this there were so many mistakes that would, would happen. Uh, and so it's nice to have consistent staff that that are you know can take care of it uh so that's been been a huge learning and i think for me like the the soil learning has just been intense um it just feels like a like a a rocket ship of of learning about what the soil is capable of um yeah actually one of the farms that we're going to go on a farm tour happiness by the acre did a um well, did, this, this, bot, Botland did a, um, a soil soil test and came up with 0.5% organic material in that first year. So it's just a conventional farm, typically canola or barley, wheat uh, in this part of the world. And they put in a very um, a very kind of uh, intense rotational grazing system with cattle. And in three years, they bumped that organic material matter from 0.5% to between. 10 and 15 percent depending on where it was on the on the farm and so that was that was a, a goal that they had set for 20 years wow. I believe, and they they accomplished it in three years and I think it, it actually kind of blows current scientific data out of the water as well and so if we get you know super focused as stewards of this land we can make huge strides um, and so I think that's that's been a huge huge learning and I think something that that we hope inspires other farms uh, across Alberta and across the world.
0: What about on the business side of it?
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I honestly think the thing I learned the most is how difficult this business is. It seems simple enough to buy some food and and retail it, but there is incredible amount of complexity and um, difficulty to actually pull this off really well. And the, the devil is in the details. It's it, it, it takes incredible precision at the same time as moving, you know, fast and, and high volume to get this right. And I think, you know, the the technology required, and I think we're in a very exciting age in the way that, you know, the access to this sort of thing is, is increasing day by day, the way the technology is, is advancing. And I think what's available to us now to develop systems as we need them um, is, is getting better and better. I mean, that, that has been, you know, full disclosure, we've been working for a year now on an alternative to an off the shelf um, uh, fulfillment program like a customer portal. And, you know, we, we're still hitting roadblocks trying to get that launched. So it's very difficult to actually do what we do. And there's a lot of complexity in it. Um, so, yeah, on the business side, that's definitely been been a learning. I think the other big learning that I've had is just the power of this uh, distributed leadership model and really having the right people having clear accountability for um, their roles and having uh, ownership and account and uh, purpose to their roles and ability to be their own boss. You know, I, I joke that if we did have titles, then everyone would just be CEO. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it might be CEO of a small aspect of the business, but that is really how we view it and and really give people that, um, you know, that responsibility and that freedom. and, And we're really finding that that's been, Incredibly liberating and, and unlocking of people's potential to to find what they're good at and and give them uh, ownership of those roles. So yeah, I think those are some of the things that I've that I've learned. But um, yeah, overall, just excitement for for the potential as well. It's the other thing. I think I came in here thinking, you know, I'll come in and and help this business um, operate for a little while, and then what I really learned was. There's a lot more that we could be doing here, and this is such an incredible exciting opportunity to you know create an alternative to the conventional food system that that potentially works on a bigger scale so.
0: Great responses from you both. Um, we do have a question here from the audience it says what was the hardest obstacle with community engagement?
1: Connor, do you want to take that or do you want me to?
2: Well, I mean, it, it, it inspires one thought um, because when we were really um, aiming to go big, uh, I think it was around 2018, and we had a really successful year in two, 2017, so we, we really kind of made plans to double. Um, and wouldn't you know, uh, a Facebook rejig of their algorithms uh, happened April of that year. And so, prior to that we we just seemed to kind of resonate with people and and through Facebook did most of our marketing in, in that way, and it just kind of rolled out um, was like easiest piece easiest pie um, that change um and again, did I mention we were a very farmer heavy run, uh, so we were not we did not see this coming, and we just kept trying to beat our heads against um the pavement um, but it really it really hurt our business that year the that that shift. Um, and so, so that was, that was an, I guess a, a bit of an obstacle and it made us realize we need to be much more kind of direct in our, um, relationship building with, with the community. Um, you yeah, so I don't know if anything comes to your mind, Louis.
1: Yeah, I think for me, the, the thing that I, I still get a lot is it's almost your reaction Sierra, like, wow, that sounds amazing. Why haven't I heard of it? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I think, and I think, and that's coming from people, my neighbors, you know, trying to get that word out there. Um, trying to make sure that everyone that comes through the door has an exceptional experience because, you know, as soon as you, first impressions last and if there's a mistake with their order or um, something that's not right, then, um, you know, we've got to we've got to make sure that people have a great experience when they do come in to reduce that kind of turnover, but people, people are changing cities or changing circumstances. So no one lasts forever. So I think just that trying to really, um, Get get a, the awareness out there has been a surprising challenge, and and I think you know just relying on social media is is definitely not enough, and we're we're really ramping up our efforts on the marketing side now. But the challenge has just been truly getting getting the awareness, and it takes a little bit of a long form conversation to really get it out. It's not necessarily a, a tagline you can put on a billboard that people will just uh, jump on, particularly when you know the big box stores are saying shop local. Some you know. Hashtag or sorry, appendix, you know, five percent of our produce now is bought in Alberta,
0: <laughs> yeah, when that's exactly how my grocery stores are here, like hashtag shop local, and I'm like, this is Kroger, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: okay, guys, I hate to say it, but we're at the top of the hour, and I have a ton of more questions that I don't have time to ask, but maybe we can have you guys on again sometime, or maybe we can even just network at another time, maybe get a virtual coffee over zoom and I can pick your guys's brain. Thank you so much for coming on. I love how transparent you guys are about your organization and your structure. Like I'm mind blown about everything that you're doing. It's awesome. So keep up the good work and I'll just let you guys, you know, say any closing thoughts that you have and then we'll say bye to the audience and Mark will take us out of here.
2: Yeah. I just really, really thankful for the opportunity and uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Uh, eat local. <laughs> for real awesome
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> for
2: real <laughs> thank you thanks so much Sierra. i really appreciate
1: the opportunity as well and um yeah it's actually great for us sometimes get bogged down in the in the weeds and the challenges and the stress of running the business it's great to step, step back and talk about the excitement and the the vision behind it so thanks for giving that to us
0: yeah i love being able to connect with people that are so far away from me but we still have the same ideas and are passionate about the same thing so it's been awesome guys thank you so much have a great evening Thank you.